You're listening to the Irish Times. And if you're not pumped by that music, Pat, what else would you be at? It's summertime. It's summertime. We are here. The Sunday game is starting this coming weekend. And as a special podcast, we have two very important people here. Well, we have Joanne Cantwell here, who's the new presenter of the Sunday game. And we have Rory O'Neill here, who you can decide by the end of the podcast whether he's important or not. He is our producer, their producer. Program editor as well. Program yeah. editor. There you go. Technical he's terms. He is the boss of the Sunday game. So, thank you very much, both of you, for coming in. Thanks for having us. We wanted to do this. We wanted to start the championship in a kind of a, at a different angle to come to it this way, with this venerable institution that we have all grown up with, that we will all grow old with, presumably. And Joanne, it is a, a real pleasure to have you here as the new presenter of the Sunday game. And on a level of, you know, one to a hundred, how nervous are you? About? <laughs> Wasn't nervous until you gave that introduction. Um, oh, I'll get nervous. Do you know when I get nervous? Because you've, you've so much prep to do for all of these. So there's no time to get nervous. But um, when you're on programme day and you're in the build-up, I'm still on the go all the way right up up until the very point mm. to we're on air. And I have a feeling that if I stop for a moment when the music is on, that that's when I'll uh, kind of freak out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Because otherwise it's just you're too much to do, but it's the music that kind of kills it. Because we are talking about a show that has Shh, been going for 40 years and you are the fourth presenter-ish, yes. you yep. know? Yeah, and it's not just like you're following just any presenter either. Yeah. You're following Michael Lester. And so it kind of adds to it as well. Yeah, so it's best not to think about that. But I think the fact that it was announced so early, actually Des Cahill's always slagging me. He says, I'm like Brian O'Driscoll or AP McCoy, myself mm. and uh, Michael, it's taken so long to actually get yeah. here after the announcement. Maybe that'll help. The fact that it's kind of been there for, people have known about it for over a year or so. I'm hoping that'll let me just kind of sneak in and slip in until, of course, you made the phone call and now here we are talking well, about it. Well, of course. It. And yet, look... It, it, it is not like it's your first gig. It is, at, its, at the back of it, it is a live sporting event. You will be doing the afternoons. It is, you have done that your, your whole career. Exactly. No, that is it, exactly. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. And as Rory is always saying, the Sunday game isn't about us. The Sunday game is about the hurling, the football and the camogie. And that's what people are turning on to watch. So we have to bear that in mind. You've actually said before, though, you, you actually get a kick out of the lack of a safety net of doing live stuff yeah yeah well that, that's what it's all about because anybody can do an awful lot of things see like Malachi is a case <laughs> in point Sorry. no but it, but it is that's the whole thing you are so exposed when you're on TV there is nothing if everything goes wrong it all comes down to the people are sitting there like dopes in front of the TV camera and yeah that's that. I know it's strange but that's kind of what gives a little bit of the buzz I think it's an arrogance actually let's be perfectly honest it's complete so? uh, yeah I think it's complete arrogance yeah because that is yeah. obviously the first thing that I think of when I look at Joanne Cantwell. <laughs> the, the, the arrogance yeah. dripping off that person is—I mean, it's, it's vulgar, frankly. Uh, but that—but you—but you actually think there's a teasy bit in there. There has to be. Yeah. I, I think there has to be, and um, I think anybody goes into a career in TV or radio, there has to be a bit, a bit of that in there. I can't believe this is what we're starting off talking. Hey, about. hey why not? <laughs> you, you, t- you told a story to Mary Hannigan, um, I think a year or two ago that you were working on the live part of the Olympics on the morning that Pat Hickey got arrested. 
And, yes. and uh, this just shows the, uh, or it drove home to me the pressure of the situation that he, the charges hadn't been announced. So you were getting the charges relayed to you through an yes. earpiece and you've, you were repeating them as they come and you found yourself saying the words out loud, forming a cartel. And then in your head, you were kind of waiting for somebody to scream at you and go, <laughs> what did you just say? Well, yeah, it was because that wasn't, I'm sure, were you in, were you in Rio? No, Mal- no, no I, I, I was sitting upstairs here uh, yeah. uh, while, while it was happening. <laughs> yeah, so we, we knew, as I said to Mary at, at that time, it had followed on. This is one of the last things mm. happened in what was a dramatic Olympics. So we'd already had the Michael Conlon scenario. Yeah. We'd had Katie going out. We'd had the two lads winning their silver medal. Had Annalise won at that stage? I'm not sure, but she didn't. This is, again, arrogance. Mm. She didn't win on my programme. So, that so it doesn't matter, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, had, uh, we had so much going on, all that we uh, we had the uh, failed drugs test before it. Um, all of this happened um, and it's just so much. And you love when that happens. Not You don't love when all these bad things happen, but it's kind of, you're talking about the buzz of being live on air. I mean, all these happen, things happened at that time. But you get to a point where it becomes exhausting because it's a lot of mental... A lot of mental work. And that morning, it looked like it was going to be the first morning where we'd have, well, I, I was afternoon, kind of around tw- uh, one o'clock to about four o'clock, where we were going to have kind of just a few hours. The golf was on. John McHenry, whom I adore, he's brilliant, was coming in. And I thought, I have, pace. I have, yeah. I said, do you know what? This is going to be great. I'll actually sit down, feet up, and we watch a couple of hours golf. It'll be great. And uh, you get in for what? I used to get in around seven o'clock in the morning for the one o'clock show. And there's so much to do in the morning, type up scripts because things were happening overnight and get all ready. And I was, as usual, running late to make up. And I got, I can still remember it. I got out of my chair, took a step and somebody said, Pat Hickey's just been arrested. And I said, oh, come on, come on. Yeah, but uh, so it, that's it that's was, what happened. It was, it was, I actually worked on that Olympics as well. And I was producing the program after that followed you with, mine. With, yeah. da, with Dara. And it'll, it'll be a day that will always live with me because we we came on at about half, between half four or five o'clock in the evening and took it up till about 11. And it's one of those rare occasions in TV where the RT sport effectively becomes a rolling sports mm. news channel because mm. you're on from very early doors and you're on right until like, you know, right until the wee hours of the morning, four or five o'clock. Well, I can assure you, you were on every television in this <laughs> building anyway. <laughs> but, but, but I will never forget the day I walked in. We used to have this massive production area. It was kind of built into a shed. Now, it was, that's probably doing it a disservice in terms of a description, but I'll never forget. It's oh, pretty accurate. <laughs> Royal, the former boss, was actually sat in the producer's chair, the exec producer's chair, and I walked in, and he's, his face was just flush red, and I was kind of shocked to see him. I didn't expect him to be in at this early. This this early, so I walked in, you know, cup of tea in my hand. I was like, "What are you doing here?" And he said, "Pat Hickey's just been arrested." <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, it was it was just it was it was a very very strange Olympics in a term so in strange. the production sense because nearly most of the really interesting stuff, you know, between Michael Conlon mm, and. Mm. You know, as you say, the the drugs test mm. beforehand, and then obviously there was 
all the stuff around the swimming and whatever. It was all nearly the stuff that happened outside the sports exactly, that became yeah. the story, really, you know. So Do you know what is interesting though, listening to the pair of you here and I get a sense of it. Like because I remember that day very, very clearly. Mm-hmm. I remember being at my desk upstairs, so I was in the depths of the GA championship and I was doing whatever else I was doing for the day. But I was having the time of my life clicking on Twitter, clicking on on the internet, going around following all these stories, going, This is hilarious. But I'm looking at you two and you're and and getting a real sense of, yeah, it's all fine. You can have that initial going, oh, really? Yeah. But everybody in the country is watching you. Well, There's, there must be a weight to that. When you're on air, you don't think of that. No, I, I don't, don't know about no, in the producer's no. chair. But, you don't but think of it. No, because you know. things are just happening all mm. the time. You, you don't get a chance to think about that. It is just... That's the thing about live TV or live radio. It's just on the go all the time and you just have to have as much prep done as you can. But you can't prep for everything. <laughs> you, you can't prep for things like that. Um, but one of the great moments about that, because we're all talking about the bad things the that happened. And I remember Jerry Kiernan was on when I had to do that thing that Pat was talking about where um, the producer was calling Feeding out the charges yeah. and I was reading out going, oh, what have I just said? Um, but the previous night, Thomas Barr had qualified for the 400 metres hurdles mm. final. Now, when I was sprinter getting to an Olympic yeah. final, I still don't think we've ever given him enough credit for that. Mm. Um, but And he did it all with that brilliant smile on his That's face. He would get far more credit if he if he scowled a bit more. Oh, I, I know. Think. <laughs> I, I think big smiley head on no, him. People, people kind of, no, you know. That's what made it. Um, but I remember, so Jerry was on with me and we knew nothing other than he had been arrested on those charges. And... Um, like, what are you going to say to 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 Jerry? So I just said, isn't this hugely embarrassing for Irish sport? Is something like this? This was before we, we when we were only talking about Pat mm. Hickey, and he said, why should I be embarrassed? This is nothing to do me. Why would why would I be embarrassed? Yeah. And he did a typical Jerry yeah. Kieran answer, and then we showed the highlights of the night before from the athletics, and he went into so afterwards we talked talked about what a brilliant performance it was from Thomas Barr and the fact that. I don't know if people remember, but Thomas Barr had actually been injured for most mm, of the year. Mm. So he actually raced his way through an Olympic Games to fitness and to mm. peak form. It was unbelievable. And Jerry said, and it's one of my favourite comments ever, first of all, he went in-depth analysis into what Thomas Barr had done, why it was so brilliant. And at the very end of his answer, he said, and that, Joanne, is why I'm not embarrassed. And he sat back. <laughs> A proper call And he sat back. And it had been about 20 minutes after the embarrassed question had been asked. And it was like, ta-da. And he was, he was so right. So let's come back to the Sunday game then. Uh, or indeed yourself, Rory. How long have you worked in RT and how did you find yourself started towards in, the Sunday game? Yeah, started in uh, 2006 and I suppose I just started, we'll say, at the, the lower rungs, researching, sub-editing. Then you move on to maybe producing packages and, you know, working on the OBs, I suppose. I was on the OBs for the best part of about four or five years and then in 2020, 13 took over the nighttime program uh, you know and that was a great that was that was that was a fantastic year to take it over because it was one of the, like hurling had kind of gone through a very we'll say hurling was going through maybe what football is going through currently in that you kind of had one extremely dominant team and people trying to you know run to keep 
to catch up with them. But 2013 felt like a little bit of an outlier. It was a brilliant year to take it over because there was just games like the championship exploded. Kilkenny were taken to a replay by Dublin. You know, it was Donal Cusack's first year on the show as an analyst and he brought a hugely different dynamic to the whole analysis side of it. And I thought that had a kind of a, a ripple effect because people for, for for the first time, different panellists were, you know, kind of waking up to the fact like, you know, there's more to this that we can bring to the table and that we would try to facilitate as well. And people will be interested in it. Now, I, I, it's funny, I wanted to ask you about how much of that was him coming in and saying I want to do this differently or much of it is you and, and whoever else is in the back room saying well we can actually do this well what I would always say to any of the panellists like, like they free reign to do pretty much whatever they want in, in, in so far within reason obviously but like I would say to them you know like they're, they're, the, the, wor- like, the world is their oyster in terms of they can take it where, wherever they want to go and I would see myself like a manager of a team as a facilitator and if there's something that is there's facilities that we can provide to them that can improve what they end up putting to air then that's what I'll do I'll bring my expertise to that side of it and help them produce the kind of TV that they will want and have in their vision in their heads you're not really telling them what or what they shouldn't be doing. Like they, it's ultimately, they're the ones, no different to Joanne, they're the ones in the firing line out there in front of the audience. So you have to allow them a fair level of autonomy as well. And that's why I would always say, you know, listen, you take it wherever you want to go and we'll try and, you know, run along and catch up. I'm just wondering, set your alarm clock on a Sunday morning mm. and I don't know where your paths are going to crisscross here, but... Take us through from the alarm clock goes off on Sunday morning. Let's say that you're doing uh, an OB outside broadcast um, for people listening in um, in a monster hurling game and go from there. How how does the day shape? Well, do, do you want to talk from Joanne's perspective? From both your perspectives. Well, mine's probably a lot more straightforward because I'll have done all of well, I'll have done all of the prep and yet I'll still be reading things right and up until the last minute. Um, get up early. Try to get to the venue kind of three hours before our programme gets underway, <laughs> continue to read whatever I can find that I haven't already read. And then it's the real bo- boring things like makeup, production meetings, all that sort of thing. It's it's very sort of, it's not exciting. <laughs> it's, you know, Sorry, it's not. not. as glamorous as people <laughs> no. think anyway, that's for it, sure. It's not. It's, it's all very straightforward. There's nothing. There's a whole lot more that goes on with what Rory might have to do or what the director would have to do in those days. Yeah. Go on, Rory. Yeah, well, I suppose, I mean, the, the easiest thing to do is to give you May 12th, which is, you know, the the, the game coming up this Sunday. Yeah. Um, like, that's very, it's a hugely exciting day, both from Sunday Games' point of view, because obviously with Joanne, but also it's quite historic insofar as we're going to be live from Walsh Park, which I don't necessarily think the Sunday game has ever been live from Walsh Park before, and I'm not too sure when the last time, I think 2003 is the last time they had a championship match there, but that might have been against Kerry, so I don't necessarily, you know. So that's going to be very interesting. It's going to be full house, it's going to be sold out. So you've got two massive games, big doubleheader in Munster, so we're we're hubbing, we'll say. So our our base will be Parky Cueve Cork. So I will probably go the night before because I live in Cork, so it's an opportunity to get down, etc. And on the Sunday morning, my plan would probably be to be on site for about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, that will you'd probably spend the first half an hour, forty minutes, just make a first hour anyway. Certainly going through the running order to make sure that all our 
video, all our video is all in place and that everything is mapped out correctly and that it's all going to play out when we say it's going to play out. You probably have to spend an hour maybe looking at scripts. There'd be quite a lot of scripting in terms of leads in to different VTs and items that you want and just making sure that if it's clear in a package or if it's if it's a certain report in a package, all the names are correct because that's ultimately my responsibility and have made mistakes where people in the past have led to something and said Joe Bloggs is on it and it might be Mary mm-hmm. Bloggs instead. So um, you th- that would take you up till about probably 11 o'clock just in terms of double checking, double checking, and then you've graphics. And graphics is actually something that people just look on screen and assume, oh yeah, you know, that's very involved. And particularly for the for something like the Sunday game. Like I know on a nighttime program last year, for instance, there was over a thousand. Like people would see it, we'll say, uh, a team formation. Mm. So you have 15 players on a Sorry, team. Sorry, there was a thousand graphics in thousand one graphics show. generated for one of the Sunday games last year. Oh because when you put up a team formation, so it's one to 15. Each one of those is an individual graphic. So each player's name, each jersey, each number. That all has to be, that doesn't just magically happen mm-hmm. by, you know, you know, it's, it's, it all has, it's, it is kind of by hand and people, you know, putting it in old school. So you'd ha- you'd, I, th- there's a huge amount of double checking and treble checking in terms of that, because n- now we live in a very different age in terms of social media. So the m- soon as you make a mistake, as yeah. invariably you will, they will let you know within seconds, <laughs> within seconds, there'll be screen grabs. Egypt's, you know, Sunday game tagged or whatever the case may be. So you're trying to minimize that as much as you can, but you're never going to get it 100% right. You do. You just have to do your best and trust your people. You have. A, you would take in, in that case the uh, the same view uh, as us poor working uh, reporters as <laughs> uh, with uh, with dummy teams. Dummy teams dummy must be teams, must be uh, must yeah, be a delightful yeah, point in your yeah, day yeah. when. Uh, when uh, Marty goes and asks Jim Gavin, is this the team you're playing? And he goes, lies to him and says yes. No, Jim Gavin, in fairness, doesn't lie because you say to Jim, are there any changes? And he will always say, not at the moment. So technically he doesn't lie. Yeah. Other ones would lie, but like he's more or less saying there are, but I'm not telling you what they are. Uh, whereas others would just say, nope. <laughs> we had a brilliant one a few years ago and I always remember his poor old Jar Canning, like, you know, who's just a, a, a model professional and just ultra, you know, prepped and will never, will leave no stone unturned. And down we're playing Armagh. So, so we go over to Jar for team news and graphic pops up and Jer says yeah that's the down team I don't think it's going to be the team that'll play but that's the team we've been given and then it flips over to the Armagh team and during the parade there were lads actually jumping from the benches <laughs> out of so as the teams yeah. were parading around the field <laughs> yeah. there were lads stepping out of the parade <laughs> sitting down on the bench and other lads jumping in I mean Look, I suppose it's all part of mind games and that it does ne- doesn't necessarily help the viewer and I know the teams don't really care about those. No, sort exactly. Of yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, but the commentator, it's really hard in the commentator. It, is it was prepped. You'd want to see like the prep that they do and the notes they have on each player and they have them all carefully put on all their their pages so they have them in a particular way. 
So to not know until 25, what's going to be now? 45 minutes before that Four, they have to, it's yeah. been changed Four, to 45. Well, I mean, I believe it when I see it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and me both. But after, I suppose, then we will have a production meeting, we'll say on the 12th at 11 o'clock. All the panel will be called for that on the first day. It's Ursula, uh, Anthony Daly, Jackie and the, two, and the co- commentator. Obviously, our other commentator and co-commentator will be in Walsh Park at that stage. And... Um, which I th- which is Jur and Brendan Cummins and I think Marty and Michael Dignan are in Parky Cueve. Um so we'll have you know we'll have a bit of a production meeting for about an hour from there then it's back down to camera rehearsals at that stage the gang will go for makeup and and uh, finish off any last issues in and around costume once that's finished you're probably heading closer towards midday we're on the air the first day at one o'clock so the last hour then there will be a lot of rehearsing you know running in different VTs again just making sure that everything is in its place like rehearsal time is usually about a half an hour and yeah. then and then and then from there then you are kind of from you're kind of waiting then at that so, stage and so meanwhile uh, in Dublin the people that are running the night show much more fraught I would say uh-huh. yeah you know um, like having done it for the, the number of years I, I, I think the best thing to do actually in terms of that is to give you the best example I can which is the most pertinent one which happened last year and it's a real example was Carlo and Kildare and how difficult the, the that particular programme can be mm. and what can go wrong not necessarily go wrong but the, the, the decisions and the choices that you can have to make at, at certain points we had, it was a week two or week three, I can't remember. Uh, Carlo were playing Kildare in Tullamore. Uh, Grania McElwain was reporter. Um, um, we had a very good cameraman there. The matches in Tullamore, as I said, uh, tro- threw in at two o'clock. And game would normally, like, before you look at a game, I suppose, just to kind of put it into context, if you look at a match beforehand, the first thing you will always do is, right, what's likely to happen mm. here? At the time, Kildare Division 1, uh, hey, Carlo we, were Division we Four. We make the same determinations. You know, you know, you know. so you you yeah. you're, you're working on the basis that okay, the the chances are Kildare are going to win. So you make your facilities decisions on the basis of how you think the results are going to pan out because that's how how, how else are you going to adjudicate these things? And so the decision obviously was just was a single camera with a reporter. I think a producer might have even gone as well because I knew there would be issues getting the stuff back to Dublin because the very least I wanted to try and do that night was to give our panel the opportunity to see the footage. The story broke obviously at about quarter to four when Carlo won. It was a famous victory and mm. good luck to them and it was brilliant and really was fantastic scenes afterwards. But Grania struggled to get Keane O'Neill afterwards, after, right after the game. He didn't want to talk so she probably spent maybe 20 minutes trying to coax him out of the dressing room. She finally got Turlock in off the field because he was out celebrating with the supporters, as yeah, as as was fair enough. So that was about quarter past twenty past four by the time she had finished her shoot. At which point, they, this had become much, just the, you know, the had snowballed. We'll say online, etc., about this fabulous victory. So now there's a decision needed to be made in terms of what exactly I was going to do with this, because you know, which had originally been down for two three minute report, now had become really very much the story of the day. And changing the running order is absolutely fraught. You know, it's a very, very, it's kind of like the, it's the last thing you really want to do because you're just, you're, it's like turning something on its head and hoping all the pieces fall back into the same mm-hmm. place. So, um, Grania is 
obviously we don't have a fleet of satellite trucks out the back of RT ready to spring into action at a moment's notice so Grania ha- had to come back to RT with the tapes because I wanted obviously the lads so, to watch the footage that's anyway. interesting so she physically would have had to drive yeah. out, come up the road with them bear in mind how many games are on yeah. it's not like you've only two or three on you're talking there could be I think there, 12, well, there's 13. 11 on the first Sunday yeah. you yeah. know so so like there's a lot more games so Grania drives back anyway and in the meantime I realised that this now needs to be a commentary but <laughs> obviously what's the first problem there you didn't have a commentator didn't have a commentator <laughs> so you've got to find a commentator luckily John Kenny had been at the game from a radio perspective so at least he had seen it so Grania then arrives back with the tapes now that was probably after traffic and the problems on the N7 as we know I think it might have been about quarter past six we're on the air at half nine right now if you had Steven Spielberg himself editing the stuff <laughs> You were not going to turn that around in less than, and I'm talking like you would have need Billy Whiz working on it. You're not going to turn that around in less than two hours, probably two and a half. By the time you put graphics on it, get the commentator in to see exactly what he's looking at, making sure that it's mastered up from an audio perspective and making sure that it looks reasonably decent. So... Really, to make how, how many minutes in of highlights? In the end, I think it was about six and a half, seven minutes, wow. you know? And the issue was, I had a, so uh, realistically, we had been live that day with two hurling matches. Of course, I knew that this would have been a great thing to start with. But by allowing hurling to go first that day, gave uh, that night, hour. gave myself another hour. So it just allowed that little bit of extra calm. We still changed the running order and started with the Carlo Kildare story, but we just put a small bit more calm behind the scenes and gave people a little bit of breathing space to ensure that it got there on time and that there was no panic. Now, what was frustrating from my point of view was I would look at, of course, I would follow social media and I would see people all sorts on different podcasts, even in newspaper, some not, not necessarily newspapers, more we'll say third-party online platforms, mm. slaughtered us, you know. Disgrace. Because, because we, we, you know, we had started with hurling. You hate be- the little guy. But bear, bear yeah. in mind, actually, an interesting anecdote was, and it's another complete misnomer about the Sunday game, is that we always tended to start with the game, the big game that day. Funnily enough, that day we had an outside broadcast in Ennis for Watford Clare, which was not on TV, which actually started the show anyway. So the first thing people saw was fresh content, which is the buzz term in the industry now. So so that was another you know rod with which they were looking to beat us with, which was completely untrue. But now one person would have actually picked up the phone. I'm quite an open, honest, and fairly transparent individual, right? Nobody, you know, decided to drop a line. Maybe, you know, how come, you know, or why did yeah, you, or, or, you know, any reason for nothing. Instead, I'll jump up on my soapbox and I will <laughs> slaughter from Yon High. Not and that he remembers or, or that <laughs> he holds a grudge. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but I, I just... Don't so, interrupt him while yeah, he's yeah, grudging yeah, away. Yeah, 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 this is yeah, gold. Yeah. So I, ju- I, ju- I just found that a little bit frustrating yeah. at times. Because, look, ultimately with a, with a programme, like, it's not to kind of sound in any way frustrated <coughs> at all, really. Like, I, I'll be perfectly frank. This job and working on a Sunday game to me is a privilege, an absolute privilege. Like, if you were to tell me as a 14 or 15-year-old kid playing for Nemo Rangers back in the day that I'd be in this position, I wouldn't have believed you. And I love every minute of every second of the job that I do. But sometimes it can be frustrating when people 
just do a bit of journalism, just do some basic journalism and pick up the phone, you know, and you might get an answer. Who knows? I do wonder about that sometimes, Joanne, from your own point of view, we'll say you say that when you're doing a live broadcast that you're in the zone, you're just getting through it. But during that, then you're making thousands of micro decisions and like it could be something as small as an incident happens during the game. And will you look at it in detail afterwards? You don't or you do, whichever way, Mm -hmm. and you get slaughtered for it afterwards. Do you find yourself kind of being a Monday morning quarterback along with everybody else? Do you ever read some of the comments and go, oh, we should have picked up that off the ball incident or we shouldn't have picked up that off the ball incident or um, whatever? Well, I won't go searching for the comments, mm. but but if I do see them, ab- absolutely. If we get something wrong, yeah. I mean... We do get things wrong. Of course wrong. we do. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Our, to be honest, the biggest issue when you're in TV or radio, but especially TV, is time. Mm. And you have to decide what you can squeeze into the amount of time you have. And it's actually far more minuscule than you think it is. Mm. So you actually have to just, and it's actually worse than the nighttime programme. And I got a flavour of it when I did League Sunday for the first time this um, springtime. Oh, I don't know how you do it in the summer. Mm. It's because you, you have to, you might have, like people think you've endless amounts of time. You might have three minutes to cover an entire match where six enormous things happened. Mm. So do you cover six things badly or do you choose two or three? and? And you still wouldn't be, it still wouldn't be extensively in only three minutes. And you have to make those decisions. Mm. And that's why the time is so fraught. So if somebody goes off topic and uh, you have to, you have to go, right, is this interesting off topic? And is it worth losing? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Is it worth, is it worth losing, um, losing the other things you're going to talk about? And you have to decide that there and then let, will we go down this line? But it means you're not going to get to talk about something else. And, they're the, they're the exact on-the-spot hmm. decisions you're talking about. And uh, people go, why didn't you talk about this? Why didn't you talk about that? Why didn't you cover this? It just isn't the time. And then at the same time, they say, why don't you show more highlights? Why don't you talk more and give us more highlights? And why is the show so long? Yeah. <laughs> and why is there no Monday show? <laughs> yeah, well, that's all their Because <laughs> nobody rights. watched it. You know? But also their rights. Right? Yeah, well, I know there are rights there, issues. And there well. are rights, but, like, but, histo- well, but historically, yeah. you know, like I'm not so sure if the appetite is as there as much for Monday as people make out either. I think, I, well, I think, look, let's, I just know from my own household like that if I spend, if I was sitting at home and I spent the entire weekend watching sport, and I turned around to my wife and I said, you know, I want to watch the Monday game on Monday after spending, you know, I'm not too sure if that would fly, but, you know, maybe. We do, we, but we don't have, yeah. we only have highlights rights for Sunday. Yeah. Yes. Weird, so that's the only that, that yeah. we have, so. Because yeah. the rice thing is interesting, actually, in how it's changed over the years. I mean, and even to the level of, I think I remember you telling me, Rory, that um, that you don't, you don't have Saturday highlights rights because you would, you would love like on the Saturdays that there's a heap of qualifiers you'd love to have a have a, a Saturday game at, at 10 o'clock at night kind of thing Well, when, or, or there was a time well, when you would have loved that well, well certainly when the new formats were brought in hurling and football like when they introduced the Super 8s and added like the football championship went from 60 to 68 games and then hurling went from 22 to 29 so you went from 82 matches in total all of which we cover a camera at everyone, obviously with the help from Sky on 14 of those, you know, but uh, once it went from 60 
was it uh, 82 up to 98 or 99 depending and that excludes camogie as well because there's about five or six camogie thrown into the mix there as well but I, f I felt that like it would definitely would have helped us but you know had we been able to maybe go on Saturday nights and just take a little bit of the pressure off Sundays space, yeah. a bit of breathing space but look the rights aren't there and that's fine it is, you know? it is funny that when you think about it I, I did a, a, a piece funny we were just reading over it uh, last night and this morning five years ago for the, the, the 35 years of the Sunday game and I went way, way back to the start of it and the early days with, with Jim Carney and Liz Howard and, and all that and like <laughs> one, match. <laughs> one match my God yeah, like the Jim, game yeah. Jim was <laughs> like Jim was Jim's day you talk about your day get up early and get to the ground three hours beforehand Jim's day started in the helicopter out the back of RTE where the old Fair City uh, yoke uh, set was in the helicopter, down to Thurlis, down to Clonus, down to wherever, do the game. Didn't have time, as he said himself, didn't have time to do uh, interviews afterwards. Just had to get the tapes in the helicopter back up to Dublin. And then get, and that was for one game. Mm. Yep. For one game. And there was one game on a Sunday, one game, like Sunday after Sunday, there was one game. Maybe there was two games the odd time there could have been a football and a hurling game. Uh, I remember, like, remember last summer, there was 19 games. Some, some weekends there was yeah, yeah. And, and you have to bear in mind that the GA took a decision a few years ago they wanted more people to go to the games mm. so we used to be didn't we at one stage we were allowed broadcast but if you have the rights you were allowed you could have as many as you like live but they decided they wanted to restrict the number of games you could see live didn't they mm. so as a result we can't so when people get frustrated and we get frustrated as well because we'd love to show more but yeah. speaking of which the you released your live schedule there last week and obviously every county thinks that you're against them they, oh, they, but, yeah. and, and they're right um, <laughs> but, but, um, but except Cork except for Cork yeah because yeah. we've we'll tell you we've, a story about that yeah. 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 but people will always kind of say oh the smaller counties are being ignored do you think that um, do you think Joanne that it's been the schedule now has changed because now we almost have hurling in the early part of the year like essentially May is going to be hurling month and I think we've got one football game that's not a provincial final, which is yeah, it's probably it's, uh, it's Don Donegal Tyrone. It may Tyrone, well be we Donegal Tyrone, but we don't um, know. Yes, yeah, we'd hate to make any yes, assumptions. And and th and this has understandably frustrated an awful lot of people. And it goes back to the point that I said that it, it's not like we said we don't want to show football games because of course we do. We had the choice. We could either show the round robin games in Munster. We can choose those, or we could choose the early provincial football games. Any of those round-robin games could result in the All-Ireland champions not mm. being involved for the rest of the summer or any of the top. Like every single one of them has something huge riding on it. Mm. The provincial football games don't because obviously apart from they're not being particularly competitive, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. And perhaps the early stages actually probably will be more competitive this year. But despite that, they still have the qualifiers to go through and the business end just happens to be the way the schedule's been changed, the Super 8s is where the main thing is. So it's not like we decided we'll do the hurling but we can't be bothered with the football. It was a choice. We can either do the hurling or we, do, we don't, don't have enough games to choose so we had to go with well not that I had not yeah. that I had anything there, to do with it I do what yeah. I'm told yeah. there is but there, there isn't to be fair like there isn't a huge amount of difference to the, ch to the choices made this year to last year um, if you look at last year the only real difference to this year was we showed a Leinster semi-final in football last year between Dublin and Longford which ended up a 19 point win for mm. Dublin seagulls flying around Croke Park and yeah. hearing the players calling each other by 10, 10 minutes into the 
second half. Now, the choice this year was that or Galway Kilkenny. So I would ask anybody, what would you go for? Yeah. I oh, know there's no difference this year to last year really there's a big difference last year to the year before the year and, before and, and all yeah, of that because yeah. it was I, I remember checking it I remember taking a, a a day in here to check Dublin's first first game in Leinster last year can't, can't even remember who they played whoever they beat by 40 points uh, was the first game Stephen Cluxton played for Dublin since I think 2003 that wasn't on TV First championship it was Whitlow, game. I think. Yeah, it was the last was year Whitlow, it was yeah. Whitlow. Yeah. That uh, like every game he had ever played for Dublin, more or less, was mm. on was on television. Like because because and because the Dubs were always mm. what their championship games were all were always shown. But it is just that difference, you know. And, and, and like it's it is it's totally understandable, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it, and I think also though, I think also I think <laughs> football isn't isn't necessarily being badly served by it. I think like a big problem with football, we'll say, before the restructuring, the reformats were games were appearing live on television and they were kind of being held to a standard that maybe wasn't necessarily fair. You were having teams from Division 4 and Division 3 mm-hmm. playing against each other and, you know, the criticisms might have come both from, we'll say, within RT Studios and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at it and you're saying, look, that's the level that a lot of these teams are at. You know, it's not really that fair to be critical of them. Now they've slightly been taken out of the spotlight, whether that's a good or a bad thing. You know, that's up for somebody else to argue to toss on that. So I don't, I think there are pros and cons mm. to it as well. In that by the time you go, you know, if you get back onto the main stage, that it's, 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 the, it's the big show, you know. So, it is that interesting thing though that I always find when, when people are arguing for or against a tier two football championship, mm. one of the big arguments against it is that look, these teams they just won't get any coverage. Uh, now, a as somebody who tries to uh, interview some of the people involved in these teams, I find it a bit rich that they're yeah, crying that yeah, they're not going to yeah, get any yeah. coverage. Well, Derry, a, Derry hurlers had a the Derry media, hurlers media had a media ban, ban earlier know? this year. Yes, I, I, I mean, you know. but <laughs> even but <coughs> even even beyond that, I, I don't know whether that does open up. You know other other ideas, as you said, the GA only want a certain amount of games shown. Maybe if they, maybe if there does become a tier two football championship, maybe it goes on TG Cahar or something like that. Maybe maybe that is the way the the future for it. But uh, it, it it I find all these things interesting to to kind of tease out, especially the way that these decisions are made. Mm. But Pat, Pat, I just tell you, because it's, well, it's in my head, sorry, Pat mentioned there about accusations of bias. And it was like, I'd say it was, it was definitely one of the, it was like a, one of the bleakest and, you know, I suppose depressing weekends that I had as a, a supporter, I suppose, first and foremost. But it was one of the funniest. So I'm sat in the gallery where it's about half past eight, quarter to nine. Uh, that day, Wexford had knocked Cork out of the Camogie Championship and the night before the Wexford Hurlers had beaten Cork and knocked them out in the, like a qualifier. It was before, it was a straight knockout. Liam Dunn, I think, was the manager of Wexford at the time. And so I just put a tweet out on via the social the, the Sunday Games social media account, you know, you know, I hope all the Wexkins are tuning in. Marvellous weekend for Wexford Hurling. You know, the women won yesterday and the men won today. Tune in half nine. Now, if anyone knows me, they'll all know my allegiances wouldn't necessarily be something that you could call into dispute. <laughs> well, the torrent of abuse I got from Cork people, oh, it just came in in droves, waves of it. Like, 
And like, you know, oh, that's typical RTE. Yeah. Anti-cock, we yeah. knew it all along. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. <laughs> if only yeah. could hear an accent in tweets. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you can't inflect tone, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 Uh, John, one other thing that uh, uh, I'm curious about, as soon as Malachi uh, briefly alluded to it there, um, earlier this year, yourself and Joe Brawley, when you had a, your coming together uh, on TV, everybody kind of immediately tuned into it. Do you enjoy that kind of thing? Does it... As in, I mean the um, the cut and thrust of it. Are you thinking about having electrodes installed on so that you can like push a button <laughs> or shotgun? And, and no, just, sorry. To, just to shut them up sometimes, or or is it just something that you roll with and uh, and enjoy? Uh, honestly, the reaction to that, I, I was completely and utterly overwhelmed with. To me, that was a completely normal broadcast. Yeah. I thought nothing of it. First one out of the way, great. I, I couldn't get over the reaction because I'm on every Saturday afternoon for four hours in radio. You have these sorts of things happen all of the time. That was minor. So when this reaction, I actually I didn't know what to do. It actually stunned me, to be perfectly honest, mm. because it was, like I said, I thought that was just minor. totally norm, totally normal programme mm. and I didn't know what anybody was talking about. So um, that to me, that was very little. It shows the magnifying glass of the well, Sunday game, it does, I guess, and it was it? the first. It was actually the first time that I realised that the magnitude. And I suppose I should have. It's a Sunday game. I mean, this was League Sunday, but it's the same sort mm. of thing just for the league. But I was actually taken aback by that because never entered my head for a second that anything had actually happened outside the norm. I remember uh, uh, in the wake of that, kind of going, "I bet," because I had, I figured that you would have had something of that kind of reaction. I remember going, "That is." That that is just a, a great example of what this thing is, mm. because you know it isn't just a, a television program. You know it, and it, it is. And you're right; that was League Sunday. But that whole thing, that that Sunday night GAA thing, it's an institution. It is, and it has yeah. been around forever, and it'll be around long, long after. I mean, and like even even the the. The thing about the music when when they got rid of the music whenever that was two thousand and four, <laughs> I remember like nothing nothing was bigger in the history of the Sunday game than they yeah. got rid of the music for, for years and years, years until until five they years. changed it yeah. until they changed yeah. it and brought it back yeah. and it was just this was war about like getting getting rid of this was this, it gone for five years it was, it was 04 to 09. I honestly thought it was gone for one year I know yeah and, and the backlash was such <laughs> no. anyway sorry and it was just and it was, it was purely like because I, I remember I did did a, a whole kind of Investigation is the wrong word, but I, I did a piece on, on what happened and like talked to the people behind. And they said, "Yeah, like we just wanted to try something different. We wanted, you know, Michael Esser had a great explanation for it, where he said that that the guys they wanted uh, it, they wanted it, they thought it was a little bit slow the music, and they wanted it so that you could put in sort of more little clips yeah. along with it and, and a kind of a you know that kind, of, kind of thing and, and the place went wild like, yeah. like you know it was on Joe Duffy Jim Carney rang it, uh, Jim, the great Jim Carney rang into Joe Duffy and he said Joe I don't care anymore I'm freelance so it doesn't matter to me I'll say what I like and it is a, a thundering disgrace that they got rid of this music you know? but, but that's, a, that's a very that's like that's a very key point though because that's why it, as I was saying earlier it's such a uh, it's such a privilege in a lot of ways and it's not a kind of a it's not a it's not a responsibility that you would wear very lightly you understand the position that you're in and I suppose that's that crystallises and shows very clearly 
the ownership mm. that people feel of, of the program and I think that's a good thing mm -hmm. you know it's great that people care so much about it and love getting praise you know and love hearing what you know what's you know the, and love talking about it and it you know it sets the agenda and it's 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 kind of it's, it's, it's Ireland's TV program sure but it's something it, it is something to be hated as well like it, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's good, yeah, you know yeah. Jesus Christ yeah, most, yeah. Of, most of everything that we do kind of goes in one ear and out of everybody's yeah. other ear they don't give two shits about it yeah. like it is something to have to be involved in something that, that can inspire and yeah. engender a level of it is it is and it's look, I mean as I said like where it's going to be you know a very exciting new era now again and it'll change but it'll change and it'll be even better again and I like I'm I'm really looking forward to it I, as I'm sure you were oh yeah yeah, I can't believe it's here already. Yeah, it's yeah. like we were waiting for so long and then all of a sudden blink and you go, oh, where did all the time go? What if I look at all the things we have to do? And of course, all they're talking about is our podcast, not even their own mm -hmm. show. Yeah. So <laughs> thank, you, yeah. thank you very much, both of you, for coming in. It has been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you to you, Pat. Thanks, Matt. Thank you to Jenny and JJ behind the desk and we will talk to everybody later on. Cheers, folks.